Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Secret Podcast at Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions which we've been taught, and hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. We make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. That's exactly what we are going to do on yet again another episode of the Secret Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. Tonight, I have an amazing guest who travels out of body. She's had some incredible experiences, some of which have moved me. I'm going to be thinking about this interview for a long time to come. My new friend, Shelly, I connected with her online. Uh, you know, it, it, it's part Avatar, it's part Inception, it's part The Matrix as as she dissects. I don't even say she dissects. She shares of her experiences that give us a glimpse into what this reality actually is and the potential that it holds. I walked away from this discussion with so much hope that there is, we are barely scratching the surface of our potential and of our power. And I'm so inspired after speaking with her tonight because when I started, you know, doing the secret podcast, when I started writing food for the Archons, it was out of a place of despair. And I know I've talked about this several times because I had just watched my father die. And there's more to us. There's more to this. There's more than to linear time. There's more to just one universe. I, you know, I, I can't wait to get the book out. I can't wait for you to listen to this discussion that I have with Shelly. So I'm going to get to that a little bit in the show. Uh, I'm going to go through some news and I'm going to talk about briefly about uh, an experience I had today, actually. You know, that's the, the biggest thing is that these experiences are real. And the more that you try to tap into and refine your own, into, call it intuition, call it psychic, call it whatever you want to call it. We have this sixth sense ability, and some say we have a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. There's multiple senses. My point is there's more than just the five physical senses that we have. And I'm trying to, to share my journey and my experience with you as we go along. And, you know, I was talking with Ray Davis, you know, the co-founder of Sixth Sense Media, um, Earlier this week, we were talking about our platform and, and what are our goals. And we're trying to pull more of you into the, into the show, into the, into the articles, into you know, what we're talking about here. Because this is for, for all of us together. Because none of us have all the answers. I don't have any answers. I have experience that I share. I do a little bit of reading, a little bit of research. But anytime I talk to one of you out there, I'm like, wow, you guys know so much more than me. And I can take that and put that piece into what I'm learning. Uh, and I hope that it, it helps everybody out there. So we're really trying to connect with you out there and get your stories, get your experiences, and then share it. Um, because I think that's what this platform needs to bring to you. Um, it, it needs to bring to us. It needs to be available so that we can make the paranormal feel more normal and the supernatural feel more natural. Because these experiences are common among us. And you know, I was saying this earlier, I was doing an Instagram story. I, I'm pretty proud of my Instagram stories. Like, I think I've been killing it on Instagram. I'm just going to say that. I, of course, I've got no feedback saying that I'm killing it, but that's my opinion and I'm sticking to it. But I was saying on Instagram story before I before I um, did this interview tonight, or maybe it was after I did the interview, anyway, I was talking about, um, you know, I wish that I, I would have understood these things when my father was sick. 
I wish that I would have known about these potentials. Uh, you know, I had a general understanding, but I didn't have direct experience. I didn't have the research under my belt. And again, I know nothing, but I wish I would have known what I know now when my father was sick because we would have done things differently. I would have had a much different understanding. I'm not saying it would have saved my father's life. I wish it would have. I'm not saying that. But it may have eased his transition. It may not have been so terrible. However, had it not been so terrible, I may not have gone down this journey and done this show and done written this book. So, I, you know, it's a catch-22, I guess, but obviously I'd rather have my father back. But one day when I step back and look at the greater big picture, I'm wondering if that was all part of a design or something. I don't know. That's for a different show, uh, obviously. Um, but, I, you know, I, those you guys know I, I practice Reiki, and uh, I have a friend of mine. And you know, we exchange Reiki from time to time. And uh, I gave a session today, and I, I'm not going to share the specifics of the session. You know, I, I want to protect you know this person's confidentiality. But it was wild, man. Like what I'm able to tap into now. Um, it was just a really cool experience. You know, I, I reached out and I, I started getting different symbols. Like before the session, I do a meditation, and I started getting different symbols. And, um, you know, a combination of things happened during the session. Um, I saw a particular well-known face in my, my meditation beforehand. And I was like, there's no way I'm seeing the face that I'm seeing. There's just no way. Uh, and um, so I kept it to myself. At the end of the meditation, she says, hey, guess who popped in during this meditation? It was the same person. I, I'm, I'm not saying the name because I don't, I, you know, I had a respect for this person until I clear it with her to talk about it. But, um, you know, she saw the same person, which I think is pretty wild. So we both connected with somebody, you know, on the other, in the other realm, obviously, um, during this session. And then it was neat that as I was getting deeper into this Reiki session, she had some issues that I was helping um, to work through. And it was as if, all right, it's going to sound a little weird, but I was having trouble clearing certain blockages in certain areas. And then I found an opening, an energetic opening, where the energy was flowing a little bit more freely. And I was able to get in there, and then all of a sudden, I saw, I don't know if it was the entire central nervous system or the entire circulatory system, but it was as if I was staring at just that. Did you ever see those 3D models, and it's just the central nervous system, or it's just the circulatory system, or it's just the skeletal system? That's what I was looking at, and I'm just, I'm like, wow, and I'm seeing this, and I'm seeing different issues here and there, and then I was able to travel through her body and look at different aspects and I found a whole bunch of different things and we were done it's like hey I found this over here I found this over here and she's like yeah I have an issue there I have an issue there um it was it, it was really cool to be able to do that and I'm, I'm sharing this because I really believe that with a little bit of practice and focus we can all do things like this now I think we all have you know you, you take you take people who play sports anybody can play basketball I'm definitely no Michael Jordan. Uh, and I think anybody can do this. We just all are going to have different areas where we're stronger. I know with intuitive capabilities, some people are able to visualize better. Some people get sounds. Some people get feelings. Some people get sense. Um, you know, and, and then you learn to interpret where your strengths are. So I, that, that's why I'm sharing that. It was just a really cool experience for me today um, to be able to tap into that. You know, It seems like every time I do Reiki, 
my experience is even more deep and profound. Uh, you know, at one point I went somewhere else. That's never happened. I mean, I was, I don't know where I was. It was just this place with a lot of light and, you know, we were bringing healing down and I snapped out of it for a second. I opened my eyes and I was like, I, I said to myself, I was like, I am bilocated right now. As weird as that sounds, Reiki, I don't feel drained. Reiki is not something that uses your own energy and drains you. And in that moment, I had nothing. I was just depleted. My energy came back once I was able to come back, you know, to wherever I needed to be. But it was a, it was just amazingly intense and really cool experience that I'm glad that I was able to be a part of today. So uh, hopefully more on that as uh, as time goes on. I want to share more about that experience later. But uh, I want to I want to kind of get into I got two stories in the news and then I want to jump into uh, my discussion with my new friend Shelly. Um, so here we go. Uh, the first one. It's called. It's from Yahoo News. How like robot to help astronaut in space odyssey? The future's here. I've you know you guys know I've been tracking AI and the development of robotics, and you know I'm worried about the dangers of it and what it implies about us and how I think it mirrors the creation of a new universal reality. I, I really think it's creating another level of that. Beyond that, though, just the sci-fi geek in me looks at this and it's like, wow, this is like so many movies we saw where people are traveling and they have the robot that follows around as a personal assistant. You know, danger, Will Robinson. I mean, this is, you know, this isn't quite that level yet, but this, I mean, this is it. This, we're living this right now. So, you know, the article starts out, Cape Canaveral, Florida, uh, a science fiction-inspired robot hardwired to assist astronauts launched from Florida early Friday to become the first personal artificial intelligence-powered companion in space. The Crew Interactive Mobile Companion, or Simon, is an English-speaking droid roughly the size of a basketball that will help German astronaut Alexander Gerst conduct experiments on the International Space Station. What we're trying to do with Simon is to increase the efficiency of the astronaut, Mathis uh, Biniok, an engineer for chip maker IBM, and one of the lead architects behind Simon's artificial intelligence told Reuters. Simon will verbally communicate step-by-step -step instructions to guest Gerst during three planned science experiments on the space station's European model. Currently, astronauts read these instructions from a laptop, which Biniok says is arduous process that a responsive hands-free companion like Simon can replace. Right now, our main mission is to support the astronauts with their daily tasks to save time because time is the most valuable and most expensive thing on the ISS, Biniok said. There's more to this article. Obviously, I'll have it in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net, up at servicechange.com, and it'll be in the secret newsletter that comes out this Sunday. But, you know, when I see this, again, I, I have my reservations about the development of AI and robotics. I, I do. And, and most shows, you hear me saying, be careful with this. Right now, though, I want to say this sounds pretty cool. I mean, it does sound pretty cool. Again, I think we got to put, you know, the brakes on it and make sure that we're always in control of this AI. Um, and that we're treating it as a sentient being as it comes online. I, you know, that, that, that is my thought. Um, so more, to, more on this, we'll, we'll continue to track this development, but I think that's pretty cool, and I think we're going to start seeing much, much more of this. And an interesting side note, Ray Davis threw up on, um, on the social media feeds, I think on our Facebook page, you know, facebook.com slash the Sixth Sense Media. He tested Alexa, and he asked about, Area 51, he said, or, or Roswell, I'm sorry, he said, what was the Roswell incident? And Alexa gives this canned response, you know, according to Wikipedia, a weather balloon crashed in the New Mexico desert in 1947, and he asked the question like th two or three different ways, and each time it came back with the same 
canned response answer says nothing about UFOs, says nothing about aliens and ETs and Colonel Corso and everything we've been tracking on this show. Um, you know, so really interesting to see kind of the level of control there through the social media and through Alexa. Um, so look for that. You can find that on the Sixth Sense Media Facebook page where Ray has that up as well. All right, let's move into our next story here. All right, this one comes to us from Unknown Country. It's titled, Trump announces formation of Space Force military branch. Pentagon is interested in faster-than-light travel. Now, just from reading that heading, I'm telling you, this is what I was saying when everybody was laughing about the Space Force creation, and I brought it back. I said, you know, I've been tracking the development since the WikiLeaks stuff came out. I've been tracking this story just about every week. We now have To The Stars Academy online. We have the Pentagon, you know... Um, admitting that it had the Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program, Luis Elizondo, the Nimitz UFO site, and we've had confirmation that UFOs are out there from the government and the mainstream media. Now, the goal of To the Stars is to replicate UFO technology. Stephen Greer talks about already having this stuff, but this technology being severely repressed. Now we've got, just by reading the the heading, Pentagon is interested in faster-than-light travel. Now, Greer talks about zero-point energy, how it already exists, how it's already out there, uh, you know, how put off, and, and the To The Star Science team, they're looking to recreate that stuff, zero-gravity stuff. Now you've got the president talking about, you know, faster-than-light travel. It's coming. I think this, this technology is already out there, but now they're going to use this new space force because of whatever threat they're going to create to, to make us afraid to, you know, to bring this into existence. They're going to use that space force to now bring forth this technology that's already out there. I'm trying to stay ahead of this. I'm trying to keep everybody in the loop. I, I, I am just amazed at the amount of crickets that are out there. People just don't seem interested in this story. Maybe I'm just a big geek. I don't know. All right, so here we go. President Donald Trump has announced that he has ordered the formation of a sixth branch of the U.S. military, adding the uh, adding the Space Force to the Air Force, Army, Coast Guard, Marines, and Navy. Trump made the announcement at a meeting of the National Space Council on June 18th, saying that it's not enough to merely have an American presence in space. We must have an American dominance in space. According to Trump, the Department of Defense and Pentagon would immediately begin the process necessary to establish the Space Force as the sixth branch of the armed forces. We're going to have an Air Force, and we're going to have a Space Force, separate but equal. Uh, a proposal from a, des- from a separate Space Corps was made last June in the National Defense Authorization Act for 2018, but the idea was later dropped due to lack of support from the Armed Services Committee. Currently, military operations in space are conducted by the Joint Force Space Component, formerly the Joint Force Functional Component Command for Space, a component of the Air Force. This organization conducts defense-related satellite operations and is the operator of the world's only operating reusable space plane, the Boeing X. 37B, 37 Bravo. This is interesting. However, the decision to form another military branch, something that hasn't been done since the formation of the Air Force in 1947, the same year of the Roswell crash, would rest with Congress. And there is a measure... The Roswell crash was my comment, not theirs, by the way. And there is a measure of opposition to the idea. Uh, In a letter to the House, Senate Armed Services Committee, Secretary of Defense, and former USMC General Jim Mattis said, Space Corps... I oppose the creation of new military service and additional organizational layers at a time when we are focused on reducing overhead and integrating joint war fighting functions. So this goes on and on. Um, you know, I'll have the links in the show notes so you can read the rest of this. Um, but it goes on to talk about how they're looking to create warp drive using dark energy and all this crazy stuff here. You know what? Let me just read it. Uh, I'm skipping ahead here. 
Trump also brought up his directive to return American astronauts to the moon, not only to establish a permanent presence there, but also the stepping stone for a manned mission to Mars. But the U.S. military doesn't appear to be content in taking a drawn-out, months-long journey to the Red Planet, as evidenced by a Defense Intelligence Agency document titled Warp Drive, Dark Energy, and the Manipulation of Extra Dimensions. The 34-page document, initially published in 2010, was created as a part of the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, ATIP, and obtained by Las Vegas KLAS-TV in May 2018. That's George Knapp Station, who had a hand in breaking this story and in influencing Colonel Corso to write his book, by the way. The document outlines current mainstream theories regarding faster-than-light travel with focus on wormholes and warp drives. Like, this this is happening. I said this in the last article with the AI stuff. Like, this is happening. It's already out there, I think. They're already pondering this and, and probably have this technology. And there's the tie-in again to the A-tip. Trump isn't directly referencing it, but he is. It's connected. Are, you, are we seeing the connections on the dots there? I'm frustrated again because it doesn't seem like anybody's really talking about it. But here it is. The dots are there. I've got the 12 podcast playlist list up through the SoundCloud. You can also find it all on iTunes and Google Play and, and everywhere else um, with the podcast. But if you want to get caught up on what's going on with the UFO stuff, not just tinfoil hat wearing stuff in the basement, um, go check that out. The links are, are definitely you know at Six Sense Media. I have the whole playlist there. It's in the show notes. It's everywhere. So look for that as well so you can get caught up. All right, let me move forward. I want to get to Shelly's interview. I've already taken more time than I wanted to. I've had... I've had some crazy experiences um, in my life, and you know, typical one goes: I, I go to sleep, and I wake up, and I'm having a different experience. And initially, I'm not aware that I'm Dennis Nappy the second. I'm just having this experience as somebody else. Um, and then all of a sudden, I realize who I am, and I realize I'm in a different body, and I realize that. This feels, my brain is working just as it works in waking reality, and I feel just as I feel when I'm awake. I'm completely aware, I'm completely awake, and I get these glimpses of other lives. And other times, I'm me, but things are different. I have a relationship with somebody that may just be a coworker in this reality, or maybe somebody that I used to date a while ago, but now in this re- reality, you know, we're, we're seriously dating still, or, or it's just a whole different relationship and development of things in these dream worlds that I'm glimpsing. Philip K. Dick talked about this. He said, you know, he believed that he was glimpsing alternate realities. He, he, you know, basically laid the framework for the matrix. Um, You know, and he said the only clue that we have in this simulation that we're living in, when something has changed, then we experience deja vu. And what deja vu actually is, is something has changed in our current timeline, and then a new alternate reality is created based on that change. So the current timeline still continues to go on, but now we have a new timeline that is created because something got changed in the past, and we had that spinoff. So that deja vu is actually the copy of ourselves starting a moment before the change happened. We have that like double memory here, that double uh, remembrance. So that was, uh, you know, the words of Dick. Um, you know, he talked a lot about that and really fascinating stuff. So, and I could go on and on. I did, I did a, a this huge chapter on this in, uh, in Food for the Archons, ex- exploring this. But I've had these experiences where it's like, hey, I'm in a different reality. Um, you, you know, I've had different relationships with people in, in my life. And I came across somebody online who shared a story that moved because it was it was like the night after I had one of these experiences that was so profound for me. Um, 
because you come away with it with with feeling you know and it's like wow i was there so she shares this story about an experience that she had and and it was just it resonated with me so strong it was about a year ago i reached out to her i said hey i would love for you to come on the show and share this story and um it's been about a year that just you know she wasn't ready she had stuff going on in her life i had stuff going on in my life we just couldn't get the stars to align well finally we were able to do it and uh, i'm very excited for shelly to come on and st- and share her story of astral projection out of body experiences and in some cases something that that almost sounds like avatar an avatar type experience where you're you're taking your, your consciousness is leaving your physical body and going into a f- another physical body um I want you to listen. I want you to listen with an open mind because I believe that what Shelly shares represents our potential and it represents hope that we go on and there are so many wonderful experiences to have in this existence and in multiple realities and existences that we have been a part of and that we're going to be a part of. And I think we can learn to continue to experience them in this current reality. So I'm going to bring Shelly on the air, and she's going to share a little bit more about her journey. All right, so uh, Shelly, why, why don't you tell our listeners for a minute, you know, we're going to talk about astral projection, and, and in some sense, what I almost referred to as almost like an avatar experience that it seems like you've had, but, you know, what, what is astral projection? What is it that you're able to do? Um, so, for, are you talking about when I, in general, what I do? Ultimately, yeah. What, what, how would you explain it? So what I do is um, I do my I leave well I guess it feels like I'm leaving my body but honestly I feel like maybe my consciousness is joining another focus of mine. Um, I lay down to meditate and um, I breathe through it and will leave my body. Right then I have two types of exits that I usually experience. I do one where it's an etheric projection, which I just call for me. I know some people won't call it that. They'll they can use the locales or focus levels um, with Monroe. For me it's I've separated it kind of through mapping my experiences um, with the etheric. And that is when I roll out of body. And then um, and then the astral projections for me are going out through my crown chakra or my third eye chakra. And then that's an astral projection for me. And I'm always consciously awake as I leave. And I'm consciously awake as I'm, you know, conscious as I return to my body. No difference in the way I'm talking to you right now, in the way I'm feeling. So you same level of awareness. No. Uh, actually, more so, I'm actually more aware there. Like the whole time, I'm trying to calculate in my head how to get answers from people, mm-hmm. and um, looking at dates and looking at you know anything I can find for information. So no, I'm there's. I mean, there's times I have to do clarity now, awareness now, or um, the trick that I use the most is kind of a windshield wiper over my eyes, and mm-hmm. that that clears up everything crystal clear. Now, can you explain a little bit about what clarity now is and, and what, what the purpose of all that stuff is? A lot of times if I'm, you're out of body, you might find yourself um, not seeing well. Like it, So, you know, you may have like a foggy, maybe foggy around you. You may just, you're, you feel like you're about to be pulled back into body. Sometimes I feel mm-hmm. this way, so I'll yell, clarity now, clarity now. And sometimes that works. I mean, I know that um, Bowman writes about, that's where I heard that from. From him, it works. And then awareness now, that doesn't always work for me. But, you know, usually I find myself yelling that no matter where I'm at, if I'm losing Mm -hmm. focus. Um, 
the windshield wiper works great. And then also the other thing is to grab something on a table or, you know, a ring someone's wearing or anything that you see and you stare at it and everything becomes crystal clear also. So this, this is sounding kind of like, like I know in some of my experiences, it's as if we're, we're going into the dream state. It's like you're, you're actually projected and then everything starts to get fuzzy as if you're almost like you're intoxicated in your dream state again. So you call clarity now and that brings you back into focus, almost like sobers you up when you're out there. Yeah, I would say that's a good, I mean, that's definitely what happens. Sometimes it's even if it's dark, like it's too dark, mm-hmm. I'll say light now or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So it definitely, you're basically demanding what you want to see and not the environment, but just how you're perceiving everything. Mm-hmm. So you're in control. Complete control. Mm-hmm. I mean, the funny thing is that there's times where I'm out and there's a whole room full of people or, you know, in the astral plane or in some, you know, other environment. And I sometimes think they must think I'm crazy. I'm just yelling, <laughs> you know, clarity now, clarity right, now. Right. Where it is now. Um, and they don't seem to be like, oh, just another projector. I don't know. Yeah, they're probably um, used to Or I'll to grab it. something on their body and stare at it. And it doesn't phase them? No. Now, are these people no. that live in the astral planes? Are they other projectors? or? It just depends on where I'm at. Depends on where it you are. It just depends on where I, you know, there's different levels to the astral plane. There's different levels to the epic plane. There's mm-hmm. mental. I mean, it depends on where I end up. Um, if I'm in a consensus reality, I'm in a, you know, a place that has rules, then I won't be flying and I won't, I mean, they're just, they're living there. So I don't really know how they perceive me. Um, If I show up at like a space station somewhere and there's people around me and I'm yelling that, they all seem to know where I'm coming from. They Mm -hmm. don't seem to be surprised that's happening. Mm -hmm. So I guess it just depends on my environment. If I'm here in my home, in my etheric, and it's like my own etheric family, um, they, same thing, I just will usually grab something to stare at or yell clarity now. Mm -hmm. You know, it just depends on where you are when you, when you leave, when you exit. Now, you mentioned consensus reality. Now, that's where you're projecting into a reality that's co-created by multiple level, multiple consciousnesses. Is that the right word? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Earth is a consensus reality. Like, we have set rules. Um, mm-hmm. No one's flying. You know, I mean, we just sort of have set rules. So sometimes I'll show up in a reality that it seems to be they're living. It's just they're, they're living there. Right. And I'm, one example is I'm there and I'm, want to go somewhere else in this reality and so I try to fly and actually I can a little bit like I'm going kind of like mm-hmm. three feet off the ground going down walk flying but it brings attention to me and mm-hmm. so that's when I realize that I shouldn't be doing this and then I just walk really fast um, because this reality they're not flying right. um, so yeah it just depends on where you are and so okay I so mean, it, is that, is that yeah, no no it does yeah, because okay. there's certain levels of reality where it's kind of like you're creating it as you go, and there's you can bend the rules, you can break the rules, and there's other levels where you know multiple people are contributing to that consensus reality. Yeah. So you really can't come in and change all the rules because you're not the only one that's you know projecting into it. Yeah, and there's not very often the, the times that I feel like I have control of where I'm, you know, what it is that I'm doing or the surroundings is when I am leaving through my third eye or my um, my crown chakra. And I demand where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So during those times, that's when basically what I want to do and want to see happens. Like that's where I start to move. Um, when I show up, say like I go out and a guy takes me somewhere, or if I just show up somewhere, um, 
that, and I end up in a consensus reality, that's one thing, but I don't normally go places that are always thought responsive. They're not always changing. So mm-hmm. just, yeah, like just completely different levels to an astral projection, <clears throat> um, higher and lower. I mean, you could be somewhere like in a, a place that's not necessarily, it's just like a realm. I mean, there's just, it's a dimension or a realm. I don't even know. And I will say higher vibration, higher vibratory dimension now, and I'll start moving straight up out mm-hmm. into another location. And then in some cases, that doesn't work at all. Hmm. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it sounds, my thought is going, it's, it's a combination probably of not just the words, but the intent behind it that's moving you into those different vibratory levels. I think that the intention behind everything is the most important, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the I can ask for are, one person, yeah. The words are I mean, kind of like your talisman, a, right? Like almost like your lucky rabbit's foot to get you there, but it's all the intent that you put behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the feeling behind the intention for sure and, mm-hmm. and the energy signature that you have of where you want to go if think, you're actually wanting to go somewhere specific. I think that's the key in a lot of, uh, you know, the magical practices, people that get behind, you know, the the purpose of the ritual. It's not so much following the specific steps. It's because the steps help you to create that intention and that focus to do whatever it is they're trying to perform or manipulate. Yes. I mean, even for me, before I go there, if I want to go somewhere specific um, in my meditation, I will speak to my team, sort of, I guess you can say, Mm -hmm. my team and um, make it very clear in why I want to go there. So I'm, it's, I mean, it's very clear of, you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. It, it won't happen at all. Or if I think I'm going to go higher out through my, you know, astral, I'll end up in Etheric or I'll end up in one of the other realities that we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so even though I think that I want to go where I want to go, it just may not be the best for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of trust that later. Right. Right. Okay. So you have some kind of guidance there. Not not going to let you yes. wander into uncharted territory that's going to get you hurt or something. Yes, uh, there's always there's always someone there. Whether you can see them or not, you can mm-hmm. call and they'll appear. There. I find that I'm always, except for if I'm in Etheric or in another reality, I don't I don't usually see those guys. If I'm in the astral or higher, I always see. I can see them. I can feel a hand on me. What's the difference between Etheric and astral? For me, I mean, I don't want to you know, change anyone else's beliefs or maybe they mm-hmm. have more um, understanding of it. But for me, the ethic is um, the closest to my reality. Mm-hmm. It looks like my house in some cases a little bit different. Um, okay. I can find my family there. They live there. It's just kind of our ethic for our family, you know. The energetic signature. of Energetic signature, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you can leave your ethic by going out a door or a window and get into the astral plane. A lot mm-hmm. of times, and this is the most interesting I've, I am not vibrating high enough. If I'm not resonating high enough, I won't get out higher than the etheric. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I don't love hanging out here. Some people love to hang out here. I, I kind of try to energy jump and try to get out when the exit's happening to go up higher. It doesn't always work, and I'll miss an exit altogether. Or mm-hmm. I will be here, and then I'll immediately try to go out a door to raise, you know, to get into a different, in my astral body, I guess. Um and then the astral plane, you can't, it, it's a higher vibration. Some people will walk around in their etheric bodies their whole life in their etheric home, in their home, and never go into the astral plane and mm-hmm. call it an astral projection. But they're not astral projecting. They're not in their astral bodies. Um, it's different layers. And so sometimes if I'm finding that I'm just not vibrating high enough, I won't use the etheric. And if I try to go out a door and window, I'll be in that same reality or I'll just come back to body. It won't. 
I won't go anywhere. So it comes down to basically frequency and vibration is what it, if, for, for the so. science-minded people. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I that, mean, that, even people who see scary things, that's where they're resonating. I mean, that's what they right. believe in. That's what their focus is. Right. And that's you how, know, I mean, that's kind of where they are. Or if I do see something like that, I can kind of say, okay, well, that's kind of where I was today. It wasn't in a great spot. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even try to go out. Right. And I right. can sort of tell that works together. Yeah, that's how my journey kind of started as a kid. I'd wake up in the scary places. <laughs> so I, I definitely understand that. Yep. Um, question for you. You mentioned the rollout method. Mm-hmm. I think Bob Monroe talked about he used that method. Can you explain exactly how that works? Yeah, which is funny, though, because it doesn't even seem like it's a method to me. It mm-hmm. just seems like that's what happens when um, I'm in my effort body. And um, so a lot of times I'll be laying there meditating, and um, all of a sudden uh, – etheric arm or foot will raise and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. So I must, mm-hmm. a lot of times the transition from meditating, you may have a quick click out, mm-hmm. which is like a five, six minute sleep or one second sleep where you're just zoning for a second, you click right back into consciousness. Mm-hmm. This happens to most of the astral projectors that I know that when they're meditating to go out and their body's in prime, um, they're completely asleep, their bodies are asleep, so they're paralyzed already, Not they're not feeling that paralysis of stuff scary, their bodies are just in that prime mm-hmm. time to leave. So for me, either I'm already in my ethic body and I don't know it, or I'm right then kind of going into my ethic body. And so um, a hand will move, and then I just realize that I'm out, so I'll roll out. The crazy thing is with the ethic body for me is a lot of times in the last, I'd say, month, I'm kind of going back to basics because, like I told you earlier, um, before April, before I went to London, I was going out in the astral plane and going to higher dimensions and worlds and that kind of thing. And then um, since I've been back, I've been doing uh, going into the etheric plane a lot more, which is what I kind of skipped in mm-hmm. the beginning. I never spent too much time. Right. And now I'm being shown things. I'm being shown that I'll be laying there meditating, and all of a sudden my knees will bend to the right. And mm-hmm. it's not me doing it. It's something I could feel the pressure, like some a guide is moving me, showing me, you're out of body. And this has happened several times in mm-hmm. the last, I would say, month. And I'm like, oh. So I would have missed this exit. And I think a lot of people are missing the exit there because they, they just lay there for, you know, so long. So then I just roll out of body. So like literally just like I'm you're doing, rolling out of bed? Yeah. So what I do is I take my body to the right, like mm-hmm. at the end of my bed. I sit at the edge of my bed and I just roll right out. I roll right out. Do you ever hit the floor? No, I have once or twice, but no, normally I just land on my feet and go out and go. When I was a kid, I was trying to do that, and I didn't quite understand it. And several times I hit the floor thinking, oh, I did it, and boom, hit the floor. It didn't quite work for yeah. me. You know, but those are yeah. the, did those it are the challenges. Did you body or did you get up? Oh, no, no. It was, I was 100% physical. I did not get out of body. I rolled oh, physically. Oh, okay. So, I, no, I thought I was out of body. I've never done that. I've never done that in my physical body. I've yeah. never done it and then fallen myself. No, I always, I only roll out when I kind of know I'm out already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was like 16. I was like, ah, I used to tell my friends, I'm going to come project to your house. And I'd lay in bed you know, for like an hour trying to get out. And I'd say, maybe I'm out. And I'd roll over. And you know, one time I thought I was out and I was I was so goofy as a kid. I'm walking through my room. I was like, I'm going to walk through the door. And there's the door. And uh, I just, you know, had a wish, a very big imagination as a kid, but never quite got out. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So (laughs) had some big failures. You're doing your reality jumps in front of me. Can you see me? Can you see me? You're like, oh, we see you. We see you. Go back, go back to bed, Dennis. It's nothing, nothing major, you know, but you know, I've had my experiences, but I, I still don't have the control I'd like to have over it, but it's getting better with practice, you know? 
Yeah. I, I wanted to talk about um, some of the experiences you've had, you know, these projections into consciousness where it almost seems like you're in somebody else's reality, you're in somebody else's body. Do you, could, would you be able to talk about one of those experiences? Yeah. Um, well, so normally when I'm in someone else's body, I believe it's a part of me or another reality of me or another experience that my highest, you know, spirit's having. Mm-hmm. And um, I am just entering into that physical body. What, I don't even know what realm dimension they're on. It could be another future. It could be happening on other earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so this all started, as we talked about earlier, it kind of fits in perfectly to the ethic projections. Um, so what, what would happen was normally I would leave my bed and then I go in through my bedroom door into the house and it's my home. It's my ethic home. It's just normal what I see when I do that. Mm-hmm. What started happening was I would go roll out I would go out the, that bedroom door, and instead of being in my home, I'm in a completely different home. And um, the first time it happened, I was horrible at even masking my where the hell am I with these people, which was horrible. Now I've gotten really good at, like, trying to play games with them and, like, mm-hmm. you know, not sounding like I'm crazy. Um, so when I came out, I just the first thing I noticed was that there was, the pictures were different um, in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And they were children. And so do you want me to tell you the story or do you want please, me to tell no, you how it... No, please share the story. Okay. Um, and so I came out and it was, you know, the, the pictures were not my kids. And so I'm wondering why I'm in a stranger's home. And I didn't realize at that time that I wasn't in an astral body. I was in the body of this person. And um, so the first door I came to, and I think this is the one that you you read. I came, I came mm-hmm. through... Um, there was a little boy's room and the feeling of that little boy's room is I hadn't been touched in years. And it seemed to me as if maybe that boy, little boy had passed away and that he was my son. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it felt like. And so I felt some sadness in there. I stayed in there for a little bit. And then I came out and the person who was my husband was there and he wasn't my husband in this life. He's just a husband, but I did recognize his energy. Mm-hmm. And whether that's me recognizing his energy as my husband now, or just recognizing his energy because he's my husband. Like I right. just, it's weird how, I didn't know for sure. And I started asking him questions, you know, what year is this? Where are we? I'm searching through the house really fast, digging through, trying to find calendars, trying to find, um, and this one, I think it said, I have to look at my notes, 2015, and it was 2017 or 16, so it was maybe a couple years earlier. So it's 2017 our time? And they're, they were I think it was 2017 years. our time, and it was okay. 2015 their time. Okay. And um, so then I, I look outside the house, and there's big, green, gorgeous trees. And I live in, you know, I'm in Arizona, so it's like desert. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, but I lived in California for so long that I was like, I went outside to just check it out. And it was definitely like, felt to me California, like just the way the landscape is. Well, then I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm astro projecting. I'm out of body. Maybe I can fly. So they had a three to five foot deck in the mm-hmm. back porch that was off the ground. So I did a running jump and tried to fly on top and ended up landing really hard and kind of hurting myself. And the whole family comes running out the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing, Mom? You know, and I'm like, have I ever talked about, well, before this happened to the girl, I said, or to the husband, I have to even look. I asked, if, have I ever talked about meditation or astral projection or lucid dreaming? And they're like, no. They're like, no. Like, what are you talking about? And then... um I asked him before, you know, where do we live nearby? And he says, um, 
he's at Disneyland. And so I realized we were in Anaheim or California. So I took the young girl inside with me, and I'm holding her hand, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to be like her mom. Like, if I'm her mom, you know, I asked her what my age was, I, and she was kind of funny. And she's like, well, do you want your real age, or do you want the age that you tell people? So between 45 and 52, which this person was older than I am, and I also asked the birthday month, and that was different than mine. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I asked her again, if now I asked her if I ever talked about aspergection or and she says no and she's kind of getting irritated and afraid like worried for me and as we walked near the door I said whose room is that to the little boy the little boy's room and she threw my hand down and she was just like mom and was upset mm-hmm. and um I, and I, honestly from this one experience I've learned so much not to do this anymore because I think I caused a lot more stress to them or caused this right. woman to have issues later mm-hmm. um but the husband came up to me in the hallway and he hugged me and he kissed my forehead and he's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I just, I really want to see a photo album of the family. And he's like, it's getting late. And I asked him if he'd please go get it and we can go outside. I thought there was a, um, a swing outside that we could sit together and look through it. And for me, that was, sorry, my dog's barking. Okay. For me, that was kind of um, a way of also seeing the family, you know. So as he went outside to go get that picture album, I had to use the restroom. Well, I had to use the restroom in real life, I guess. Mm, you <laughs> so, back. Yeah, well, not yet, but I was in the bathroom for a little bit. I was in the bathroom for a little bit, and I was going through her purse, and I looked, noticed I had stockings on, like if she would wear for work, which I don't wear stockings, like black tights like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had a Fitbit on, which is different from my Fitbit, and I remember it buzzing, and I was like, yeah, of course it's not my reality, but... I wasn't wearing a Fitbit at that time, and yeah. it was a different brand. Everything was different. It was completely different. You know, I've never we know the Fitbit brand. That wasn't right. even a Fitbit brand. So, anyways, then I thought if I use the restroom, I'm going to go back. So I ended up just then I went back to body, um, completely just like this, awake as I am right now, writing it all down, going, "Oh my god, oh my god, what was that? Like, what, what did I just right. do?" Right. And um, and then I did visit that place recently, which I wrote again about. I mm-hmm. I did visit again. Right. I remember um, yeah, and then I've been to several others where, <clears throat> since then, where I'm in the other body, but there's been a couple times where it's been other families, and then a couple times where just recently, the most recent that happened actually this week was it was completely different home, but it was my same son, and my, my two of my sons were there, and the photos on the wall were saying, but the year was so far in the future, mm-hmm. and um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't know what reality that was on. So that's what I'm just still kind of processing because right. everything was, it was different. It was the same thing. I'm in someone else's body, but it was almost like I came this time with my same, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Right. But, and, and, you know, time is not linear as we think we can jump. Exactly. Especially in these I realms. Mean, and the thing I find the most is no matter how much I do this and how many times I go out, like what I would have written four or five years ago about an experience mm-hmm. and then I reread it now, I would, think that the interpretation might have been wrong and not the experience in itself but what I've known about just projecting mm-hmm. like in the beginning if I were in an etheric body but I didn't see my um, body laying there I would have said well this must be a lucid dream now I understand that if you're in your etheric body you're in your etheric home you're not going to see your physical body in the etheric realm right. so people don't realize that they, they don't think that they're, they're in a projection because they're not seeing their physical body, but in that realm, in the ethic realm, you're not going to see your physical body. If you're in your astral body, you can see it, or your mm-hmm. mental body, but you're not going to see it in the ethic body. So there's a lot of things like I'm still learning as I do this. Right. 
and you know, and which is kind of cool. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would never say I know any of this for sure. Right. But let, let me ask you this: You know, you went and you experienced this woman's reality or this other aspect mm-hmm. of yourself. I mean, because it's possible that our consciousness maybe is is fragmented or fragmented itself or sends parts of itself out into multiple realities or multiple virtual realities to have specific experiences. And at least in my experience, I, I think that we can sometimes, with this perceptual reality we have, we can transcend those other realities through the procedures that you're talking about. What happened to the consciousness that left the body that you occupied? Where do you think she went and perceived? Um, so that's what I'm, I'm curious about. I, either she's sleeping mm-hmm. and, you know, I came in that way. I'm wondering if she's sleeping and I actually, because there's, there was one when I actually showed up and the person was my husband at that time was laying in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, that's something that I wonder because I did tell my husband here, my physical husband right now, right. I said, listen, if I can do this and I'm going into other realities, because I did find mm-hmm. one other me that I entered into where she did know, she asked to project it. And so, um, cause the kids understood what I was doing when I actually opened up with them. And, um, I said to him, I said, if this is possible for me to do this, this could be possible for one other me to do this. I said, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it is and not to scare you, but I mean, I'm not the only one, obviously that could probably do this right. in my own reality. So I don't know if it's like maybe when I'm meditating, she could, you know, someone could come to, I have no idea. This is just me guessing. I, I don't right. know for sure, but. So I don't know. I don't know if I just sort of joined her. I don't know mm-hmm. if, um, I will tell you once when I asked about this with a guide once, um, a guide, she did some, say to me, what makes you think this is the only reality you've chosen to experience? Right, right. And so, I guess, you know, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is happening when, when we do this? Uh, a few things come to mind. Number one, I'm reminded of the show back, going back to the 80s, Quantum Leap. Do you remember that show? Yeah. He had similar experiences. He would go in and he'd take over somebody else's reality, and they would go back to, you know, I guess his reality in the future, and he would have all these experiences. Um, so that analogy is coming to mind when I'm thinking about that. Uh, you know, and I'm also thinking, you know, I, I've had experiences during a few times, critical points in my life, where all of a sudden this fog comes over me, and I've said things that I normally wouldn't say. I don't know why I said them, and it's changed major events in my life. You know, specific job interviews come to mm. mind. I'm not a nervous guy in an interview. You know, I, I, I'm very confident. Sometimes it's a little too confident, people will tell you. But, you know, there, there's, there is times where I, I just am not myself, and I have no idea why. And I, I wonder, was there another consciousness there? Because I felt like I was in a fog that I couldn't come out of for some reason. And I know that the few times that I've been able to do this, there's times, you know, I had one experience where um, I was bouncing between, and this is in the book that I'm writing right now, I was bouncing between, it was a a man and a woman, and they were having an affair. And so one minute I'm involved in this love affair, and the next minute I'm sitting at the table with my wife, and we're talking about getting a divorce. And then my consciousness shifts to the mistress as she's walking in the door, and the three of them were having a conversation. I kept jumping in between. Wow. And, And then I realized... I'm none of these people. I'm Dennis Nappy. And then I started trying to control it like that and, you know, be myself. And then I, you know, I ended up and the experience ended. Um, yeah. So we're, I think sometimes we share consciousness and I think sometimes we can influence these other 
you know, these other people, these other personalities that are out there. Yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, me acting this way, especially if a child died in that reality, think Mm -hmm. about that. Like, I'm like, whose room is that? I mean, that's going to have, they're going to be like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Do you need meds? You know, to the person who's there. So, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, then you trying to be yourself. If I tried, I mean, I did say that to them. I did Mm -hmm. say that to the husband, actually. Now I'm remembering, I said to him, the first thing I said to him was, I went to lay down and um, I'm astro projecting, and yeah. now I'm here. Right. And I, he just looked at me like, what? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and that was before I started realizing I need to kind of like, you know, think about what I say before I say it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I did kind of bring in me there, which mm-hmm. was probably not a great choice. Well, I think it depends. I mean, maybe maybe the ripple effect there is going to send that aspect of yourself on a journey of discovery or a journey of healing to recognize, hey, there is maybe that leads her to connecting with her son, you know, on some level. Yeah, well, that's when I went back. I think I went back to the same place, but I went back mm-hmm. earlier in time when he was alive right. and really young. And it was different photos. The husband was kind of large. Right. Um, and, um, and I just held on to him. But maybe that even moment that I experienced she was I mean me there she was able to uh, I don't know create a marker yeah, for so, her yeah something mm-hmm. I mean it's just crazy uh, to think about that and like the, just mm-hmm. experiencing that and it's it's even like when I think of you know if I've had some friends who have lost their children mm-hmm. something about that hits home to me and I haven't lost my children my children are you know healthy and alive but right. I'm so empathic to that I feel that right so much and maybe it's because I am so connected with this other right other reality some of mine. aspect of yourself may have experienced that yeah. loss that makes a lot yeah. of sense I mean I've gone to another reality where <laughs> I'm um, a black woman I have so I'm either half black half white my husband's black my kids are kind of mixed so mm-hmm. I'm kind of mixed and I'm talking to my husband's sister in that life and she thinks I am her so the woman that I'm in so much, she is going off and just telling me about this happening and this happening, and then he's going to be here, and then you should leave him. I mean, it is crazy, like, wow. just going off, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I don't even know what to say right now. Like, I don't even know how to, right. you know, I just sort of was quiet. But when I did see my children, the first thing I did was just hold both of them and kiss them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know that I know that I'm supposed to see your mom, and I'm going to let you guys know I love you, because at least that part I could feel is true. Right. And, um... But the other part, you know, and just so your your listeners understand the difference is when you go into a normal astral projection, you're a stranger. You're, um, or at least they see you as either a projector or they see you, I sometimes form a pretty physical, dense body when I'm out higher. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I can look in a mirror and see myself. And um, But it's a different thing when you enter into through a bedroom door and all of a sudden you're in a home and they're not looking at you as if you're not anything but their family member. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it's completely different from when you're out of body in another dimension or another realm or the astral plane or another world. You're, you're not a, it's, 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 that's what's so different about it is you just know, you just you're, know like that physical. you, you're physical, it's, but I can even be physical there. Like that's something mm-hmm. that's, very that I found is that I mean that's something that we could talk about another time but mm-hmm. yes but it's different you're they're looking at you like you're your family member that you're in that body but they're right. they you're you're joining that family like you just are part of it it's not right. like you're a stranger walking in that door that you just right. projected there mm-hmm. 
No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you, you know, you remember that. And, and do you find you take some of that emotion with you when you come back? I take everything with me. You know, yeah. I, I, I remember my friends used to look at me like I was weird when I was a kid. We'd be in high school. And, and like one day I was like, look, I can't stand our gym teacher. Like, I, I don't like him anymore. I don't trust him. And they'd be like, why? I said, well, I saw who he was in a dream I had. And, you know, we did, like I had this experience. And I knew it wasn't a dream. I didn't know how else to explain to my friends. Like, I've, I've seen this aspect of this guy in a different in a different reality or a different, you know, and I would get to know people that way and have these experiences or I'd meet somebody and have these very strong feelings of affection and you wake up, it's like, wow, we're not close that way, but now I, I have this affection for this person because, yeah. you know, and it's, it's tough to balance that sometimes. Yeah, and maybe you're connected somehow with your spirit. You know, you guys are connected somehow, but it is hard to balance. I mean, I think the hardest part to balance is, like missing mm-hmm. missing people out yeah. there or beings and that's the hard part you're here you're living one whole physical life and then you're living kind of another right you know and that's exciting you know, I think it was um Maybe it was one of Carlos Castaneda's books, but where, where Don Juan Mattis was talking about is the shamans. Some of them would project into other realities, and they would have other wives, and their wives in this current reality would be mad at them and say, "Hey, you, you know, you can't." But and there'd be all sorts of jealousy. And, and mm-hmm. years ago, reading stuff like this, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy." There's no way that happens. But now, the more that we start to explore, the more I'm exploring this. I'm saying, "No, this is this is who we are. This is what's been." Especially if we're linear, if we're living linear time, we right. have. Multi, multiple husbands and wives and, you mm-hmm. know, loves out there that we can encounter. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Makes your head hurt it's sometimes, fun. doesn't it? It's fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it, it we is. We could do a whole show on that. <laughs> we, we, and I think that we should, you know, we'll save that for another episode, but I think that we absolutely should. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's important. So so let me ask you, because we're, we're coming close to the end of our, of our discussion here. Um, you know, why do you think this is happening? What, what do you think the purpose behind it is? You mean just the alternate realities? Yeah, or let's say possible? let's talk. Let's focus on these alternate realities. Your experiences. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I think the more you awaken to, you know, the more you're you're joining other focus points, and you know, as you leave, it's not like you're just astral projecting. I really believe that my consciousness is now focused in that astral body. My consciousness is focused in the epic body. So basically, I'm just joining what's already there because our focus is so much right now in the 3D physical. That's mm-hmm. just our focus, even though we're not even really here in it. And um, for some reason, I'm being focused at that moment in these other me's. And um, maybe I'm learning from it. Maybe I'm understanding. I mean, I, it's an understanding, and maybe that will, if we talk again, and that will change in my understanding mm-hmm. of it. Right. Oh, I don't know. I. It's really... Um, it's almost like my bedroom door is a portal. <laughs> Sometimes right. I feel like, am I going to leave this door and be in my home, or am I going to leave it and be in another reality? <laughs> Who knows? Let's see. Um, but I don't know why I'm doing it. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm learning about aspects of myself without actually going through the loss of it here. Right. Um, I'm seeing that, you know, I've been every color. I've been female, male. I've been in love with many different people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing it, though. I guess I wish I could tell you that, or I could guess. But I honestly would rather it be how I really feel. Like if right. I really had a knowing, I don't know. It sounds like it's it's one big learning machine, really. It is. You know, I, it is. I, don't, I don't know what the ultimate goal is. I mean, I, you know, I've read some uh, works, you know, in the, in the 
book that I'm writing talking about the ascension process and getting closer to whether you call it God, source, prime creator, whatever the terminology is that you use, you know, the Gnostics talked about moving through these different levels and, and they call them aeons and each level, each aeon is its own conscious reality. And there's multiple copies of that conscious reality that you have, your soul has to transcend through. And, you know, so maybe we're ultimately mm -hmm. trying to become whole again and gain all this experience. So then, Maybe we can go off and create our own universe somewhere, but we can't do that until we acquire enough experience. Yeah, that's... I mean, I've actually been to a place where they were game creators. They were universe creators. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of... And they looked like us, but they mm -hmm. were way more advanced. Right. So, yeah, I mean, exactly what you're saying. I mean, I can... I don't even know. I mean, but yeah, that's... We're just trying to become... I mean, we're, we're, we're so big out there, our highest right. selves, like our biggest, and that we're just sort of learning and we're just experiencing. And, you know, we are here and we're doing it. And so, yeah, there may be lots of us. And we're, the more you do this, the more you're open to the fact that you're, you're not here and mm -hmm. you are a huge, beautiful being, I guess, everybody, is that mm -hmm. we're just now being able to experience those other realities of ourselves. That's hopeful. Um, I mean... Mm -hmm. I said that's hopeful. That's very hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It, it happens, and I and I I find that the experiences I have are beautiful. I mean, but that's where I'm hopefully resonating. I'm not finding. I'm not looking for that right. area. I'm not looking for that. Right. Now, you know, what would you say uh, to somebody who's who's new at this and wants to get involved and start leaving their body and exploring these things? How would you recommend they go about it? Well, I think if somebody is serious about doing this and they really do have a calling and it's part of who they are, then they're going to do it no matter what. And they're going to, I mean, the first time it happened to me 25 years ago, I spontaneously had the vibrations and stuff. And after that, I just, you know what I mean? I, I mm -hmm. the next day I told someone and they, um, on a movie set in LA and he ended up giving me a Monroe book. And so mm -hmm. it was just synchronicity, right. but, um, there was no internet. There was no Facebook. Right. The thing is, is that if you're serious about this, you're going to meditate every day. Even if you work, you're going to find the time. Right. You're going to read everything you can on it. It's going to be part of who you are. And, right. if, and, and you're not going to call someone and say, or right on Facebook, can you pull me out of my body? And can you tell me how to do it? Because it's not going to happen that way. Even when I was going out spontaneously, 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 and when I started going out consciously, I had three or four months of facing my fears and facing myself. And until mm -hmm. I passed that, I started going out when I wanted to that way. So it wasn't, it's not, you don't just get to go out because what you think about and how you resonate and you know, your thoughts become things, you, they have to, you know, I don't know when to say they, but it's almost like you need to be at a certain level in your own self right. before you're going up to these astral planes and up to these other places. Um, and so just, you know, the more you do it, the more you're going to go out and just meditate. Meditation is mm -hmm. the number one thing for me is meditation. Right. And right. now I'm addicted to meditation. <laughs> and that's a good addiction to have. It is a good addiction. <laughs> and, you know, I, I want to comment real quick about two, three weeks ago, I did a show on, on fear, um, you know, and, and it can be a great hindrance, but can also be our greatest teacher. And if we can learn to face that fear, there's lessons to be learned in there. You know, it took me a long time to get past the scary faces whenever I would start to astral project. I'd always have something standing there waiting for me. And I'd mm -hmm. shut down. I'd get scared. The paralysis would scare me. I didn't understand it. And, um, you know, finally I started to take a stand and move past it and, and they don't come back. And then you probably started going out, right? After that happened, you yeah, started I, I, changing in, the, mm -hmm. in your projection. My experiences have changed. Yes. I'm still yes. not where I want to be, but 
Um, yeah. They, well, then you changed. always find, like, I get, so, you know, I had that fear test for three or four months where I would literally see the ugliest, scariest things possible and fighting, 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 to loving and to just shaking their hand and then, like, calling them beautiful and, like, mm-hmm. everything just starts to morph and eventually shaking the last person's hand that came scary who had, like, a prison uniform on and a noose around his neck and he's five inches from my face. And then I say, I'm Shelly, and I introduce myself. He shakes my hand, and then that's it. And then the next time I have that, I had a choice. And instead of bringing the fear in, I started oming to mm-hmm. myself. And then all of a sudden, I hear voices oming with me, and it was so beautiful, and I went straight up and out. And mm-hmm. from that time, I was consciously able to go out. Right. Occasionally, I get another test that comes in. And I, we, we can stop talking now we can, um, if I'm going too long. <laughs> no, we, we have about um, another two minutes, and then uh, we'll go ahead and close up okay. the show, and then we can continue. Just say that like, the, the other lessons that you get is that um, for me to always think that when I go out in my astral body, I have to state and demand a destination and travel through um, tunnels and portals. So I started being hijacked and, and taken away from my travels because that was just another aspect of myself showing me you can be where you want to be immediately. You don't, you're setting up these travels for yourself. Mm-hmm. So basically you're always getting lessons throughout. You're always right. having lessons. So that's just where I'll, I'll leave that because I know we're about to wrap up. It's just a giant teaching machine. It seems like that. It is. Having. And some are open to learn and be open and some have to like have everything, a reason for everything. If you do that, you're just going to get disappointed. If right. you, if you're going to interpret it to your physical world you're going to get your heart broken in a way because really you just have to take the experiences in and learn from them but not try to interpret everything. This is refreshing, Shelley. You know, it reminds us that there is more going on than this, just this reality. And if you're experiencing something sad in life, you know, there is more to this than, than just physical nuts and bolts of this experience that we're having. Uh, and that's very hopeful, at least for me. I know I started this journey as one of despair when I started, you know, podcasting and writing this book and everything. And it's completely changed as I've learned more and more about these aspects of reality. So um, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. I hope that we can do this again sometime and share, because you sound to give a wealth of experience and, and great stories to share. Um, do you have any last, last words for our, uh, for our listeners out there? No, just the last words for those who really want to do this is just do it, but do it on your own. Like, do it in your heart, and the magic is real. <laughs> like, it's amazing, and that's pretty much it. But like you said, if you're sad and you kind of feel lost, just know that it's a whole other world out there that's yours, that's inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, Shelly, thank you so much. Go ahead and stay on the line. I'm going to close out the show okay. here, but uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've been looking forward thank to this. Thank you for I don't having know. me. It's been months, right, that we've been trying to make this I happen. Know. But <laughs> I know. Timing. Thank you for being persistent too, but just helping me be brave. <laughs> well, you did it. You did a wonderful job. So we will be in touch soon. I promise. Okay. Thank you. And there you have it, my friends. That was such a powerful discussion for me because, it, for me personally, it resonated, and I, I think, you know, I think there's a power in just listening to somebody else's experiences, a learning that happens for me, an unlocking. Um, that has happened that it, this is going to take a while for everything to, I think, fully sit and resonate with me. Um, and I, I think it gave me in certain areas a little bit of boost, a little bit of validation, a little bit of confidence that I needed in some of my own personal uh, roadblocks as I'm trying to further explore these levels of reality. It's getting more tangible for me now in hearing Shelley's experience because they're not so different from my own. They're more profound, they're more frequent, they're more controlled, but ultimately... I, you know, there's something in common there. And I suspect that all of you out there have had 
in some way, shape, or form a similar experience. And I, I know, I believe that we can all do this. We can all learn to do this and use this to gather information and to learn and to, uh, to heal and to just enrich our own lives and our own experiences. Um, so I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Shelly's interview. My a big thank you goes out to Shelly. I'm going to try my best to uh, coordinate it so we can get her back on the show because I know she's got a, you know, a whole bunch of great stuff to share with all of us. Uh, I want to direct you to make sure you're checking out the Six Sense Media Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash the Six Sense Media. Follow us on Twitter at six underscore sense underscore media. And look for me on Instagram, author Dennis Nappy the second. That's the number two. Uh, and also, free copy of I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. You can get the free download at sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human, all one word. You'll be subscribed to the free weekly secret newsletter. We get, uh, you know, the exclusives on the show, the show notes, the links, and some commentary from me each Sunday morning in your inbox. And that's really the greatest way to stay in touch and stay connected as, as Ray and I have new projects coming out. You know, Ray's got, you know, he's working on uh, book two for Anunnaki Awakening. It's going to promise to be uh, an amazing read. I guarantee it. Um, you know, and I'm really close to having Food for the Archons coming out. So with exclusive offers and deals and stuff, uh, that's the best way to stay connected and get that information. So that is all the time I have, my friends. Uh, I really enjoyed this show. Ray and I are, are working on getting more guests, you know, for interviews, uh, you know, for the for the Sixth Sense Media blog spot and uh, to have you on the air as well. So if you or anyone you know you think would be a good story in just sharing your personal experience with, you know, the paranormal, with psychic, with intuition – anything under the sun that you think fits this show. I mean, it's not just all psychic stuff, you know, prepper stuff, uh, you know, eating healthy stuff, whatever you think it might be to benefit our, our listeners, because this show is for us. Six Sense Media is for all of us, and we want your stories and your experiences so we know that we're not going through this alone. I'm out of time, friends. It's been a great episode. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where... Small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Oh,